Church. I am very excited to introduce you to one of my new friends that lives here in Manchester and is doing kingdom work. Um, I absolutely love the opportunity to meet other brothers and sisters in Christ who are doing great things to just reveal the goodness of God to, to our city. So this morning we have a special guest, Mike Chesterton from Home for Good. And Mike, it's great to have you. Thank you for being here to share. I know you're excited to share about something you're very passionate about, yeah. which is um, adoption and fostering. And we're going to dive into an interview with him in just one minute. But I want to kind of frame even this interview in context um, to the series that we're in, this chapter that we're in on the book of James. And I want to highlight a verse that's in the first chapter of James. In Ramp Church, I hope you're diving into the book of James and just letting it nourish you and challenge you all at the same time. But this verse is in um, James 1, 27. And it says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I want to take a minute and read that in a different translation. This is the Passion Translation. James 1.27, true spirituality that is pure in the eyes of God our Father is to make a difference in the lives of orphans and widows in their troubles and to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. So one of the themes that we have been um, talking about here in the book of James is that Christianity is based on this faith in God, this relationship that is spiritual and sometimes even seems a bit abstract. Um, this, this belief that God is real, this unseen world, but yet it is at the same time tangibly impacting and transforming our lives in very real ways from the inside out. And as Christians then, that transformation does this ripple effect to the world around us. And we know that as Christians, we are part of this global community of believers, the Church of Jesus Christ. And the Church of Jesus Christ is full of purpose to reveal God. Through our actions and all of our efforts, we have been sent here to planet Earth mm -hmm. to know the love of God and to make that love known in real practical ways. And James has been emphasizing the need to not just be listeners and hearers of the word, but to be doers and to actually have a lifestyle that's different from the world that is marked by a faith in God that produces good deeds, good works, that makes the world a better place. Jesus is making all things new. He is bringing his kingdom. He is bringing full rule and reign of his kingdom. And here on earth, right now, right here, we are ambassadors of that kingdom. We are here to reveal there is a good king. There is a good father. And through the way that we parent and how we make decisions and our finances and all of these very practical, tangible um, aspects of our lives have now been immersed fully immersed in the new life of the Spirit and the kingdom of God. And this impacts, like what James is saying, true religion, true spirituality, it's not just a belief, but it's really impacting and it's bringing light to darkness. And widows and orphans, 
Those were people, especially in, in today and in James's day, that are vulnerable. They can't repay you necessarily for the good that you're doing. Jesus said anybody can be kind to kind people, but it's what you do for people who can't repay you. That's where the love of the Father is perfected in us. So I'm going to throw it over here to Mike. And Mike, you're part of a charity called Home for Good. That's right, so tell yeah. us a little about who is Home for Good and what do they do? Okay, so Home for Good um, is a Christian uh, organisation with a really big vision, and that is that we would find a home for every child who needs one. Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, you've already mentioned there in in, in James, right there in chapter one of James, in in, in James's handbook for Christian living, basically, uh, you've mentioned that he mentions vulnerable people, Mm. widows and orphans, and he says to care for the vulnerable um, and to keep yourselves holy. Yes. Those are the two things yeah. right at the beginning of his, his handbook for Christian living mm. that he flags up. There's plenty of opportunity for us to do that mm. in the area of vulnerable children. Yeah. This year, 40,000 children will come into the care system in the UK. Wow. Uh, there is a desperate need for 8,000 new foster carers in the UK at this moment in time. Wow. wow. And there are over 3,000 children waiting to be adopted. So judges in courts have said these children need to be adopted wow. and they're waiting for a family. That, that is just shocking. You know, I think sometimes it's so good to hear uh, facts like that, that kind of burst our sometimes often very comfortable bubble. Mm-hmm. So worldwide, I, I was doing a little bit of studying up on this. And I, so worldwide, UNICEF says that there's almost 10,000 children a day that become orphans. Mm-hmm. And internationally, there's 140 million a million orphans in the world. So do you mind going through those numbers again? And are those for England, the one that you shared? This, this is for the UK. For the UK. So there are 40,000 children will come into care in the next 12 months. Wow. There's a desperate need for 8,000 new foster carers. Mm. And there are over 3,000 children who are at this moment in time waiting to be adopted. Wow. Wait, I mean, can you, so waiting to be adopted, it's, it's hard to imagine, you know, and I know that I have, I have a, a few friends who have been adopted. I have um, a friend who's, who's been through foster care and I, I can see just the beautiful grace of God in their life. And they are just amazing um, examples of, of what God does in every single one of us believers as adopting us in. We are all these living proofs that we are all adopted into the family of God. And I want to share on that in a little bit. But it's really, it's really amazing to think that there's this massive need in our city for foster carers, for adoptive families. Now, we have clear instruction in God's word to care for orphans, to care for vulnerable people, to live radical hospitality. But even if you just look at it, you know, a bit more logically as a Christian, with a Christian worldview, you look at this problem and you say, there's a massive need for these kids to have safe, loving homes. That's right. Who would we pick to meet this need. And you see the church, the church that has been adopted has firsthand revelation of this merciful, undeserving rescue plan that God initiated for us. And then he didn't just give us personal experience and revelation of that undeserved love and acceptance, but then he deposits the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead into us And so if we're just looking over all of greater Manchester saying, who's going to meet this need for these children? Mm. 
it makes perfect sense that the church, the church of our Lord Jesus would be able to rise up sure, and help yeah. meet this That's need. Right. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about how churches that you, that you partner with and even Christians are helping and how they can help to really meet this need. I think, um, first of all, the numbers are massive, but actually if you work it through, if every church in the UK had one more family that stepped forward and said, we can do this, and then the rest of their church were to wrap around them mm -hmm. and to support them in the needs that they have as they do that, we, the church, could be the solution to the UK's problem with vulnerable children for, for many years to come. Wow. So that's how, that's, that's how Home for Good started. That was the vision right at the beginning. That yeah. was the thought right at the beginning when a bunch of church leaders got together and they sat around a table and they realised, first of all, that they all had either foster, they were either, all either foster carers, adoptive parents, or they had care experience in their background. Mm -hmm. But they also realised that all the stuff that church does, which is really, really good uh, in, in caring for vulnerable people, so mm -hmm. with, with food banks, with debt, with yeah. uh, pregnancy crisis, working with the homeless, caring for, for uh, ex-offenders, all those sorts of things. All those groups of people that they're caring for have a disproportionate number of people who've care, have a care mm. experienced in their background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for instance, if you take the youth justice system. 0.7% mm -hmm. of children in the UK are in care, but over 50% of people in the youth justice system have wow. care in their background. Wow. Homelessness, depending on where you are in the country, upwards of 30% of people who are homeless have got care in their background. Wow. And so these guys said, well, why can't we shift what we do in church Mm -hmm. So we actually deal with this much earlier and give some permanence and give some love and some yeah. stability to these people so we could change their future yeah. so that they didn't need all this care further down the, the road mm -hmm. because we've given them that stability and permanence and that love really early on in their lives. I love and that's that. where Home for Good came from. That's how, mm -hmm. how it was born, in seeing that we could bring about that change in the way we did things. Not to the point where we could have enough homes for all these children, but that actually to the point where uh, care professionals had a choice mm. where they would place these children yeah. into the right homes for these children, the rightly matched homes for these that. children all the way along the way. So what can church do? Uh, what can we do and what are church doing? Uh, well, I'd love to go back to the office. You play this in church on, 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 on in your Sunday service mm -hmm. and everybody in Ramp Church said, oh yeah, we want to foster or adopt. We know that isn't going to happen, <laughs> all right? Because we know that not everybody's called to foster and adopt but we're all called to do something mm -hmm. to help in this situation. And that could be wrapping round. Mm -hmm. That could be just simply uh, being someone who says, let's take the kids out to play together. Mm. You know, it could be someone who says, you know, you look really stressed today. Let me take the kids. I'll look yeah, after them for yeah. you for, for an hour, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, all of these children that come into the care system have all got trauma in their background. Mm -hmm. And so, they won't be parented in the way that birth children might be parented mm -hmm. um, because there's special parenting that needs to take place. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we can do as church is make sure we're a welcoming church, yeah. that we don't judge people purely on what we see them doing mm -hmm. because actually they're probably doing what they've been trained to do, but we don't understand yeah. it. 
we can ask the right questions. And the, the wrong questions are, what's the background of this child? What happened to them? What are their parents like? Mm -hmm. And all those sorts mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. um, but the right questions are, what can I do to help you? Yeah. You know, how can I support you? Yeah. Because actually the best people to ask about how to support foster carers and adoptive parents are foster carers and adoptive parents. I love that. Um, and so ask them. Ask yeah. them. You know, don't pry. But just ask them, what can I do? How can I help you? Mm -hmm. you Have know. conversations yeah, and yeah. learn more. And when people come into your church, you know, the, the language you use, mm. you know, in our kids' work, you know, do we talk about parents and carers? Mm -hmm. Or do we just talk about parents? So good. You know, uh, do, do we actually um, make space for kids who, who maybe have had some sort of trauma? Yeah. Do we get to know a little bit more about how we can help with that trauma? Mm. Um, so all those sorts of things are things that we can do yeah. in our own churches just to make things easier for, for, for kids in care and for their parents. That is so, so good. So helpful, Mike. Yeah. And, you know, at Ramp Church, we are we're really, we, we believe that all believers are meant to be passionate about people. Mm. There's nothing that God is more passionate than uh, here on planet Earth, people knowing his glory, knowing Jesus. And he is so passionate about people that he paid, we know, the highest price mm. so that we could come into yeah, his family. Sure. Yeah. And adoption and um, fostering, I, I love what you said about it's, it's a bit preventative. And we've talked about that at Ramp Church before about how important ministry and discipling young people is. Mm -hmm. And Ramp Church, you know that there is tremendous prophetic promise over this generation. And we, we believe any generation, but we're birthing, we're in prayer, positioning our hearts to really see God do something amazing in awakening and equipping the young people of this nation. And that mm -hmm. includes all these beautiful young people. Mm -hmm. And I, I even really sense that today, Ramp Church, God is wanting to just enlarge our heart and our understanding. And let me tell you this, Ramp Church, you know this, but let me remind you, it's wise to never say never with God. Mm. You are, I am continually surprised mm. at the things that God calls me to that I would feel maybe unqualified for. You know, mm. I used to think of adoption as something for like super saints. It's like you've got to be some kind of high caliber saint to, to take on, you know, a child from a traumatized background. And, 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 and there is, I believe, a, a grace for every call that God gives each of us, every assignment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I also think that often, I know myself, there is not, it's not that God hasn't asked me to do it. It's that I've been unwilling to even ask the question. And That's comfort right, yeah. mm -hmm. and safety and fear want to hold me back from even opening up. And God will reveal His will to the person who's willing to do his will. Amen. So if we're even gonna ask the question about what can we do, I think the first thing we need to do is we need to be open mm -hmm. to the, and we need to be encouraged. God does not ask us to do something that is impossible. Mm -hmm. He always gives us the strength and the anointing and the grace, but we have to shatter that paradigm that our life is meant to be easy that our life is meant to be comfortable, 
and that the goal that Jesus has for our life is the least stress possible. We know that's not true based on Jesus, based on Paul, based on the people of faith in Hebrews 11. We know that we're here on earth to experience God's glory and God's suffering and that we drink both and we are on both of those parallel train tracks of joy and suffering at the same time. And this is exactly what Jesus did for us. He paid a high price. Love is costly. And even to reveal love is costly. To express the kingdom of God is costly. But I just want to remind, I want to remind you, Ramp Church, that any kind of need, we can approach any type of need with faith that God is the provider for that need. Yeah, that's right, yeah. But we are the hands and feet to meet mm-hmm. that provision, just like a financial need. God doesn't send money off of a tree when I have a financial need. He gives me wisdom and then he provides through work and through the hands of people. So this need can say, you said, if every church in the UK just brings on one child that's in foster care or needs to be adopted, that the need in the UK would be met. Is that, did I hear that right? That's right. Yeah. So if you, if you work on the, on the, on those group of church leaders that sat around a table right at the beginning of Home for Good, they worked out that they had reach into about 15,000 churches. Wow. So at least... We could, we could solve the problem. Yeah. But, you know, you were talking there uh, about that, how people feel about the, 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 what they could do and the need mm-hmm. and how it's, you know, super saints and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And there's a couple of things that um, uh, struck me. Number one is that, of course, God, uh, God never really calls the equipped. He always equips those he calls. So good. You know, and, and so we've got to look for the fact that if God is calling us to this, he also can provide what it is we need to do mm. it. But secondly, you know, going back to James, in chapter five of James, in the first few verses, it talks about rich people and all that sort of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. But actually, what, what God is saying is, hey, guys, you're storing up treasure on earth rather than storing up treasure in heaven. Yeah. You know, that's what James is trying to get over here. You know, mm-hmm. you've strung up treasure on earth rather than treasure in heaven. Yes. And sometimes that hard work, that sacrifice, that 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 suffering yeah. is actually storing up so good. that treasure in heaven. Matthew uh, 5 verse 6 is one of my favourite verses in the Bible. And it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will be filled. Mm. In other words, blessed are those who see that things aren't the way God intended them to be. And so they hunger and they thirst for, they live their lives as an example of the way God intended things to be. Mm. And the second part of that verse is a real promise then, because they will be filled. They will see the things that they hunger and thirst for. So good. Uh, And so if we hunger and thirst for, if we live our lives to show how God intended us as adopted children into his family Mm -hmm. to live, Mm to show the radical hospitality that he's shown to us, to these children, then we will see that it's, it's, it's not a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. There will be trials. Sure. There will be troubles. There will be hard times. There will be times when you think, why did I do this? Yeah. But actually, we will see the strength of God take us through it, carry us through it, because he put us in this thing called the church. Mm. Uh, and he did that for a reason, because he knows that we can't do it on our own. Yeah. Um, and that's why, going back to it again, it's really important that we get church to wrap around these people, yes. to care for them, to, to, to recognise when yes. they're totally stressed out with it, yeah. and, and that we give them that support and give them that help. I think that that is so important, is that we be a genuine community, that we be the people God's called us to be, bearing yeah. each other's burdens, reaching right, out, yeah. showing hospitality. And um, I absolutely, I, I, think, I think that in this day and in this hour, 
it is so important. I mean, it feels more than ever to me because here I am, this is the generation I live in for the church to be the church and for us to rally together and lay aside our own comfort, our own safety, our own preference, our fears, our insecurity, and let's, let's be the church to the world. Let's meet the needs. Let's show the goodness of God. Let's support each other. And, um, and it, it seems so, when you put it like that, if just, if every church could just have one child and everybody else wrap around ramp church i know you're sitting there on your sofa wherever you're listening to this and you're probably thinking what i'm thinking i feel like that's very possible i feel like that's not out of reach Mm -hmm. and we want to pray into that need specifically but i want to go back to the whole waiting child Mm -hmm. so so talk to me about what is a waiting child what makes up you know that list of kids that's just heartbreaking so a child has come into care uh, and uh a couple of things have happened. Number one, a judge has decided uh, that it's not going to be possible for that child to go back to its birth family. Mm. That will be following reports from social workers and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's been identified that there's nobody within the extended family mm-hmm. that could or is willing to care for that child. Mm. At that point, the judge decides that the path for this child is to be adopted. Mm-hmm and makes that judgment. Then the, the, uh, the social work team, uh, the, 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 the professionals have to then find a family for that child. Mm-hmm. And that's the waiting period. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, a, there's four groups of children that wait the longest okay. as well, which is really, really important. Okay. Um, it's easy to place a baby. Okay. Dead easy to place mm-hmm. a baby. Okay. You can do that tomorrow. Okay. Everybody wants a baby. Yeah. All right. But actually, if a child is, is four years old or, or more, okay. they're more likely to have to wait longer. Mm. If they have additional needs, mm-hmm. they're likely to wait much longer. Mm-hmm. If they are of black or ethnic minority, mm-hmm. they are likely to wait a lot longer. If mm-hmm. they are a black boy, four years old or more, they are unlikely ever to be adopted. They will remain in care until they age out. Wait, say that care. again. A black a boy? Black boy four years old or more, more is highly unlikely to be adopted. They, wow. are, they will age out of the care wow. system. Wow. Um, and then um, uh, the, the, the fourth group is sibling groups um, because obviously, yeah, we, we, we're happy to take on one yeah. child, but actually if there's three of them, do we really want to take this on? You know? yeah. But actually the best thing for those siblings, having gone through so much trauma, having been separated from their family, the best thing for them is to be kept together. Mm. Um, and, and yet we're finding families for them is really, really difficult. Wow. So. And then the other thing you have to remember in that scenario is that the social work team, mm-hmm. their, their, um, their responsibility, their duty of care is not to you as the adopter, their duty of care is to the child. Mm, mm-hmm. So they're not looking. Uh, I adopted both my children years ago, many years ago, 25 years, wow. uh, my, my youngest is now. Um, and uh, the social worker that we had said something really significant to us, which has stuck with me. And she said, Mike, you have to realise that we are not in the business of finding you the perfect child. Mm. We're in the business of finding the right families for the children that we have to place. Wow. Uh, and so their duty of care is to the children. Yeah. Uh, and so therefore, if they feel that the, the right family isn't there, mm-hmm. then again, that whole process just they keeps going and keeps system. going. You know? Wow. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm feeling just, first of all, I feel a little bit 
just over, overwhelmed at, even at the gospel and how, you know, through these children we can see our own selves as we were, we were far from God. I mean, Ephesians says we were children, we were, um, we were, we were not the most wanted of people in God's eyes. The Bible says that we were actually, we were rebels and we were children of wrath. And while we were in sin, he paid this high price, not just to forgive us of our sins, but to bring us into family. You know, it would be one thing for God to clear our record and say all the wrong things that you've done, Stacy. I've pardoned you. That guilt, that shame, that weight, it's gone from you. Jesus has paid the price for that. That's glorious, right? Yeah, you yeah. don't have to go to hell. You can right. be in heaven. Amen. Amen. That's enough to rejoice for all eternity. Yeah. But God, it says, so rich in love towards us. He didn't just cleanse us from sin and free us from the curse of sin and death. But he then says, I'm gonna be a father to you. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna bring you into this intimate relationship, this family where there is unconditional acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I love how even in, I, I think it's Ephesians. Let's, let, me, let, let me just read this to you, Ramp Church, Ephesians 1. It says, even before God made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. I love, one of the things I love about even the parallel of all of us believers, all of us who've come to Christ and how the Bible talks about new birth, but also talks about us being adopted is the planning that goes into adoption mm -hmm. and the intention and how, how God did choose us. And Ramp Church, I am praying for all of us in this community that we would have just fresh revelation of the grace, the mercy, the pursuit that God has shown us. And then out of that place of understanding the mercy and the goodness as that's growing, we'll never have the full measure of it. It's not like you can wait on a full revelation of the goodness and the mercy of God and then go out and do, do these type of expressions of that. But as this is unfolding in our hearts that we will be able to, with our lives, show this to the world that there is a God, that there is a Father who puts the lonely in families, who makes us who were unqualified and brings us into His family and accepts us, approves us, approves us because of what Christ has done. And this family is permanent and it is a love that the Bible says is unfailing and unconditional. And what desperate need the world has more than ever these children in our city to know that they are wanted not just by human beings that wanna bring them into their family, but by a father in heaven who has, before the world began, knows them, calls them by name. And I, I think I just want to, I want to close even with um, maybe just some, some, some success stories for people who are listening to this and maybe they're still thinking, this has nothing to do with my life. Again, you know, I, Joe and I are actually in the middle of an adoption process. Clay's family has adopted multiple children, fostered loads of kids. And I want you Ramp Church to see that if God calls you to something, he's gonna equip you for it, but then he's gonna reveal more of himself to you in that process. And do you feel like those who have, the people that you work with, the many families that Home for Good has worked with, what is the overall 
for lack of better term, um, sound or fruit or what what is what happens after they adopt? Sure, they have trial and they have trouble and they but. Is there any, is, what is the fruit, is there fruit on this side of eternity or will it only be shown on the other side? I, I think it's really, really important to recognize that if a child has experienced trauma, they probably will carry that trauma with them for most of their life. Mm. Uh, so we're not talking about a fix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking about the love and the care and the attention mm -hmm. that they deserve that will help them to deal with so that. So good. So I, I have a friend called Safi, and, and Safi has adopted two beautiful children. Uh, the older one has some really severe um, uh, needs. And, and to see the difference in him, Mm. As Safi and her husband uh, have loved him yeah. and cared for him and, 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 and uh, uh, helped him through and, and gone through the trials with him and mm -hmm. banged their heads against the wall sometimes yeah, because yeah. of the things that go yeah. on. To see the change in him wow. and the way that he has, has come on is, is, is absolutely brilliant, is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, you, you, you could point to hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of, of, of stories like that. I mean, that... I, I point to my own two kids, you know, they're 25 and 28 now. Yeah. Um, but, but they're just such a blessing. Yeah. They're just so amazing and, and doing some absolutely fantastic stuff. And you think, God, you chose them for us. Mm. You know, you blessed us with these two children. Mm -hmm. You blessed us with the ability to care for them and parent them. Thank you for, yeah. for where they are now and what, 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 what's happened to them and where, they, where they've come to, you know. That's beautiful. Um, I just, I think, you know, I think as a believer, we always have to keep in mind that we are empowered for this life, but at the same time, we are living with this eternal lens and this, this biblical worldview that, you know, our life here on earth is, as a believer, it's not meant to just live for ourselves. We're not, Jesus says life is not measured by how much you have. And if you cling to your life, then you lose it. And I love Ramp Church. I just want to close by reading this promise in Isaiah 58. And this is, you know, I, I talk about this passage a lot. And I think it's just such a great passage because, you know, the Lord is actually rebuking Israel because they've got all this vertical action going on with God. You know, they're, they're doing church, they're assembling together, they're fasting, and, and they're doing all the religious stuff, which is what reminds me of even what James says in chapter one, is if you're religious, then there's more than just religious activity. And Isaiah the Lord goes on to say, if you want to please me, if this is a real consecrated life that you have, then you're going to start impacting the darkness and you're going to start giving yourselves to people, um, helping the oppressed and bringing in the homeless. And this is actually going to impact people other than just you. Mm, and, sorry, and your relationship with God is not just about you and me being impacted. It's not just about us having this vertical, restored relationship. It's meant to bring the kingdom of God to all spheres of society. And there's a promise in Isaiah 50, 58. This is the message translation. And it says, if you start giving yourselves to the down and out, I want you to even think of everything that we just talked about, these, these vulnerable children, these kids that are needing foster homes and adoptive homes. If we start giving ourselves to the down and out, then your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. 
I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, an ever-gurgling spring that never runs dry. And I love this truth that, that, that really this whole book is teaching us, that the fullness of life in Christ is going to be experienced by us when we, like Christ, are willing to lay down our lives for others. Christianity, just you serving God on your own prayer time, you are never going to be content and satisfied unless your life is living like Christ, laying down your life so that others can find Him. This sacrificial love. And we can pray and we can fast and we can come to church and we can get prophetic words, but we will not be satisfied unless we are doing what Jesus commanded us and showed us by his very example, laying down our lives for others, letting God reveal himself to us and then taking that revelation of his mercy and his love and living it functionally and practically and tangibly to the down and out and those in our world that desperately need what we possess. That's right. So Mike, do you have any closing comments before we pray? I just would love to, to get, take us back to James, if that's yes, all right. Yes, please do. Uh, and in his famous uh, passage uh, about faith and deeds, yes. he talks about Abraham. Okay. And he says, Abraham's faith and his actions were working together mm. and his faith was made complete by what he did. Come on. And so for me, the inference there is that faith without action is an incomplete faith. Yeah. Because his faith was made complete so by good. what he did. So good. I love that. And we, I know, I know Ramp Church that you want, that we all want to be genuine. We, we all want, I mean, we don't want to be hypocrites. We don't want to be fake. We don't want to miss it. I don't want to get to heaven and look back on my life and say, oh gosh, I missed it. But as we pursue God, and then as we do exactly what Mike was just saying, we have a tiny bit of revelation, and then we have an action to back it up, then God's going to mature us, and we're going to be the people that He has enabled us to be. So in closing, I want to first just encourage any of you who are walking, um, who are walking on earth here, you're watching right now, and you feel alone, and you feel like you are distant from God. Through Jesus' sacrifice, through His death, burial, and resurrection, there is hope for every single one of us. And the Lord, God in heaven, Father God in heaven, has made a way for you through Jesus Christ to not just be free from sin and to have a clear record before God, to be blameless before God, but He has made a way for you to be in a relationship a living relationship, be brought into the family of God. You have a father in heaven who knows you by name, who's actually ordained and even led you to this stream this morning. And he is wanting you to be in relationship with him. You are wanted and pursued by a father in heaven who loves you. He knows everything about you. He knows the trauma, the mistakes, all of that. But yet he paid the highest price so that you could come in to this relationship of love with him. 
And today, if you hear his voice, if you sense in your heart a desire for him at all, then just put that into a prayer. Out of your mouth, just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want to know you. I give you the weight of my sin and wrongdoing. I'm sorry for ignoring you, Lord. And I want to know you personally. And I give you lordship over my life. You know what that means? That means you make God the boss of your life. He's in charge. You don't have to do it on your own. You've done that, didn't work out well. You're submitting yourself to God's will and God's way. And he is empowering you with his Holy Spirit to live for him. And Ramp Church, I want us to close and just pray. And let's pray first for an awakening in our own community that we are here on earth to reveal God's love to the world around us. And let's pray for an awakening and a revival in our heart that we would not be caught up in a Western version of Christianity that is promoting our own comfort and self-preservation. That's not the biblical Christianity, that we would follow Jesus, cross in tow, lay down our lives and find more of God as we serve those around us. Wherever you're at, let's just bow in prayer. Lord Jesus, how great is the love that you have lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. We are overwhelmed, Lord, that you would pursue us, that you would call us, that you would bring us into your eternal family that is so full of love and joy and peace. We are overwhelmed, God, that even though we were undeserving, that you paid a very high price to have relationship with us. Lord, that when we were unfaithful, you have remained so faithful and true. And Lord, we do come before you first in need that you would awaken our own hearts to greater understanding of all that you have given us, that we, Lord Jesus, would see you and know you personally, and that we would be the people that you've called us to be in this hour. And Lord, we stand with our friend Mike on behalf of all of the children in this city who are waiting for families, who are in need of the hope of the gospel, who are in need of the healing of Jesus. And Lord, we want to be open and willing to do whatever you would ask of us. We take off our own limitations, God. We leave comfort and security just behind as we just ask this question, Lord, what would you have us to do? Lord, we wanna be completely willing to do your will. So we ask for an enlarging of our heart, a breaking down of our barriers, God, and we make ourselves available. Father, we are here because you have brought us into your kingdom of light. And we want, Lord, to with the rest of our lives say thank you for all that you have done. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that even as this word goes out, that you're moving on all of our hearts, bringing us in, bringing us deeper into what you've done and bringing us deeper into the purpose that you've sent us here for such a time as this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, Ramp Church, stay in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. Comment or email us. Let us know what ministered to you from this service, what you feel God is speaking to you through all of this. We, we are so encouraged when we get to hear how you're being blessed from these Sunday services. We'll see you at our next prayer meeting.